And in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Investment Property Income Podcast. My name is Jeff Eady. Joining me as always is my good friend and well, just about the best broker I've ever met, Jonathan Tilger. Jonathan, how are you doing today, sir? I'm good. Yourself, Jeff? Pretty fantastic. Pretty fantastic. It is, uh, well, mid-February 2021. I don't know about your, uh, I'm, I'm not in uh, the, the great metropolitan city of Toronto anymore, but uh, we just got out of the gray lockdown zone today, so I'm excited to go out and perhaps have lunch somewhere. <laughs> you just got to fight the snow today to do it, though. <laughs> it's the small things in life, sir. It's the small things in life. So that being said, being the middle of February, it is dun, 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 winter, uh, but also RS, RRSP contribution season, March 1st being the deadline for that. I won't talk too much about my feelings on RRSPs today. But uh, <laughs> I definitely like to get into the first time home buyers program and how to use them if you already have them. And uh, I know you'd be the authority on that. So you want to kind of give us the, the Cole's notes of the guidelines around using your RSP and how that works. And Well, the, the first thing I want to add to what you said is that it's not exclusively for first time home buyers. Oh. Can't, it it, it no basic, basically, if you, if someone has not owned a house for a period of time, I believe it's four years, I could be wrong with that number, uh, but if they've not owned a house for a period of time, then they can actually, they can basically pull money out of their RSPs to help them purchase a property. Wow. But, but yeah, it's generally thought of for first-time buyers because most of the time, when once someone gets into the market, they buy <clears throat> they buy their first property. Typically, okay? they're Are you okay over there. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, so typically, if someone's if someone's bought a property, uh, they will usually then okay, they'll upgrade, they downgrade, whatever else, but they'll usually stay in proper property ownership for the for the majority of their life. There are some few exceptions where someone might get out for a period of time. Um, and so as a result, the, the, the program could still be used in those circumstances if they've not owned a home for, uh, for a number of years. Huh. We'll have to uh, fact check on that and send out the, the actual number of years. I'm making a note of that. And I do love how you constantly correct how wrong I am every time we get on here. <laughs> it's not about being wrong, it's just updating. <laughs> Is that an update to it? No, no, it, it's something that's been around for some time, but uh, but it's uh, the exact point when this part came in. I, I don't know that one there. But but essentially, so let's go back to what you were asking about. How does it actually work? So essentially, it's uh, as you said, as I mean, you rightly said, is generally first time home buyers who are going to use this, and it's they've they've built up some savings in their RSP, and so in buying your first home, uh, you can actually pull the money out without the general tax consequences that are applied when pulling money out of an RSP. How much can you take out of the RSP? So it is up to $35,000 currently per person. So if you actually have a couple buying a property together, they could each pull out up to $35,000. So that's essentially $70,000 combined that, they, that could be pulled out. So would that get them like uh, 1.4 million? Well, not really because it gets different after a million. I'm learning, I'm learning. <laughs> But let's say you can get definitely uh, up to, you know, almost a million dollar home with that. Uh, yeah, well, it's probably just a little bit over 500,000 with the way things work and that on that uh, probably get about six I or seven. Just can't win. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I guess there's closing costs and all sorts of other calculations that go into that. Yep. 
Uh, but but so, so saying that, so here's how it works. So it, you can take it out without ta any tax implications. And then the money needs to be repaid over. So essentially the year you buy in the next year, you don't have to repay anything. But then following that, it needs to be repaid over the next 15 years. So to keep to keep the number simple, I'll use $30,000. So Jeff, you bought, you've bought a home using this program, you've withdrawn $30,000. So this year you bought the house, you don't have to repay anything next year you don't have to repay anything but then in the following year starting that year you then need to make an installment uh based on essentially 115 so two thousand dollars of what you withdrew and put that back into your rsp now when you put it back into your rsp you do not get the tax benefit of putting money into your rsp because you're essentially just repaying money that you borrowed out of there um, and if and if you start getting stressed out and saying, well, I don't have the money to put in, all that's going to happen is that that two thousand dollars in that year will now be treated as taxable income for that year. Hmm. So it's so it's it's like you made that two thousand dollar withdraw in that year. Okay, so they tax you at uh, what thirty percent, depending on your tax bracket. Exactly, depending on whatever whatever your tax bracket's at, that two thousand dollars would be applicable in that year. Now, does that come off the grand total? It doesn't have to be paid back. Exactly. So, so instead oh. of ha instead of having to put thirty thousand back in, you don't. If there was one year you couldn't make the installment, you'd pay the tax for that one year. So it would only be twenty eight thousand remaining to be paid back over the fourteen years. Oh, well, that's interesting. Yes. Um, so, what happens if you? I guess that kind of answers the question. If you go over the fifteen years, um, that just becomes taxable income. It, it, well, essentially every single year, starting starting really the, the second year after you bought, every single year, 115th needs to be part of your, part of what you're declaring that you've put it back in. And if not, then it becomes taxable income in that year. So is it usable for anything other than a down payment? Uh, it can be used for anything to purchase a home. So down payment, closing costs, those types of things. Uh, you could potentially look at maybe maybe some renovations on the home. Uh, that's not a request I've gotten very often, uh, but it's something as long as it's being used to purchase the home. Hmm. Very interesting. So let's go back to where I was terribly wrong before on the amount that, so you you had mentioned, so two couple uh, a couple could take out uh, $70,000. And what kind of calculation you said that would get them around a $500,000 home. Can you kind of break that down to give us an example? Well, it, it would actually, sorry, my, I think my math was off with that one there. It'd be higher than five. So, Whoa. so, so, fi Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you're witnessing investment property income podcast history right now. Jonathan Tilger did not get a math question, right? <laughs> so what, once it, it just has can to do with one. With this, yes, you can, you can. <laughs> All right. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> once once you cross five hundred thousand dollars, so how how it works is five five percent is a minimum down payment up to up to for a property five hundred thousand dollars or less. Uh, once you go over five hundred thousand dollars, well then it's then ten percent of the balance over and above that. Okay, so if it was five hundred thousand dollars, you could put down uh, $25,000. So if it was uh, $600,000, you would need to add another $6,000 onto that. Another, well, another 10,000 because it's 10% of the balance over and above. So you got a hundred thousand okay. over the five. So it would be 35,000 needed on a $600,000 property. Yep. Your brain still works better than mine on math. Uh, <laughs> so it'd be $35,000 down for a $600,000 home. Yes. Okay. 
Fantastic. Then, of course, there's all your other uh, stuff that you have to go through as far as income uh, verification. And yeah, well, it, it will be subject to income qualification, which I don't think we're going to talk about here just because that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you, you, are there certain things, are there certain thresholds you have to meet to be able to use this RRSP uh, uh, in this way? Or what happens... How does the actual process happen for the RRSP to get released from the bank? Can Is there a possibility of taking it out and then, you know, the home not closing and now you're stuck holding the bag? Uh, I'm sure that could happen uh, where for some uh, some reason the, the, the purchase falls through. You decide, hey, well, you're not going to go forward at purchasing something else right now. Uh, so now what do you do with this RRSP money? Um, that's something... I'll honestly answer that I've not encountered where someone had withdrawn the money from the RSP, things fall apart. And they're like, well, what do I do? I'm sure you could probably go back and say, you listen, here's everything. Here's, they would probably want to verify. Here's, here's the agreement I had in place. Here's the cancellation of it. I just want to put this back into my RSP. So I'm assuming there would be no, no tax consequences there if you just returned it all. Uh, but I can't talk specifically because as I said, that's not my area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, no, that that's fair, and that's why I'm shutting up about my opinion on RSPs, and uh, <laughs> uh, whether it's a good idea or a bad idea to uh, to contribute to them before the end of the the deadline. However, if they're in there, this is a great program, especially for first home first time home buyers. But as you mentioned at the beginning, uh, this may work for somebody who's gone uh, bankrupt in the past, had a home rebuilt. Well, per, per, perhaps, perhaps ha- owned a home, went through a period where they didn't own a home because of because of change in family circumstances, got divorced or something like that. Maybe they went through uh, an illness. Maybe and it could be a whole range of reasons why someone doesn't own a home for a period of years. So it, it would apply in those cir- circumstances as well. And I'm, I'm going to go back because you made a comment about what well, we're coming up to the RSP deadline right now. Mm-hmm. And th- this this is where this is where it can really potentially help somebody who maybe doesn't have the down payment they need. Mm-hmm. They've got some of the money, but they need more to make it all work. And so this is where the RSP, because of the tax refund that, uh, that a lump sum RSP contribution can create. And as we're coming into that time of year mm-hmm. where that tax refund would be coming, it does create an opportunity that comes up whereby, okay, you've got, let's just say yourself, Either you're buying it on your own or you're buying with somebody else, but you've got thirty thousand dollars available. You go through. Well, we actually need fifty. We need let's just say forty thousand for what we want to buy. Mm-hmm. By taking that money that is not an RSP right now, popping into an RSP, suddenly you get the tax refund that comes in. You can now withdraw that money in ninety days. It's got to be in there minimum ninety days. You can draw that in ninety days after you've gotten the tax refund for putting the money into your RSP. So in effect, you can generate as you're at, as you're going back to like 30, 35% tax bracket from that 30,000, you could probably generate an extra $10,000 right there just for the tax refund. I'm going to put a caveat on there. There is uh, there is a limit to what you contribute in uh, any given year. And I don't think it's as high as 30,000. Well, but you you build but theoretically up, i understand yeah, the concept, you you, yes. you bit if someone's <laughs> been working for a few years they would also build up uh they would build up from residual years so your your rsp contribution limit increases year over year based on what you've not used so so yes the caveat is they'd have to have the thirty thousand of room available well not only that there's only a there's an annual contribution limit i think it's 20 percent of your income or like eighteen thousand and change 
this is where it's it's 20% of your income becomes your becomes your contribution limit for that year. But if last year you didn't use the 18,000, this year you would have 36,000 of, of room available. Mm, that makes sense. That makes sense. I'm going to have to look on that because that's... Uh... If, if you look on the bottom of your notice of assessment that you get back from CRA, yeah. it's, it states on there what your RSP contribution room is. Well, I know there's there's a, an overall room, but there's also a limit annually. Like you could contribute. Hmm. I'm gonna have to. You know what? We'll have to have Triff back on the uh, on the show. Is what we'll have to do. Yeah, because he's the accountant. Because I'd, I'd like to know the rules around that. Just because there is uh, there's obviously there's a, a a a maximum limit you can put in there, but also the annual limit. I'm not sure if you can max out once and then add continually my, my understanding is as long as you've got the room available you you can max out whatever your available room is now in most in most circumstances if it's dropping your income down to zero it doesn't make any sense mm -hmm. yeah of course especially that's one of the challenges with uh, self-employed people is they show so little income getting them qualified can be a challenge sometimes but you also know how to do that so that's great um there was one other thing that uh, i wanted to touch on on that and that is early repayment of that loan. Is that a possible thing? Say you get an inheritance or you'd like to contribute more in any given year. Uh, my understanding is it can, as long as it's repaid within the 15 years and you're meeting the minimum, the minimum, I'll say the, the minimum annual amount, I believe it could be, uh, but I'm not the tax expert. So I don't want to overstep my get bounds on that one there. Okay. So very non-committal. Thank you very much. Uh <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I think we're going to have to continue this. We're going to have to bring on uh, our good accountant friend, uh, Triff Chitis, get him back here and talk about um, how to combine this with a good tax strategy. I think that's a, a great topic for us. So anything else you want to uh, want to close this out with, Jonathan? Well, really, if you are in the situation where you either have some RSPs or you're trying, you, especially this time of year where you're saying, hey, is, is maybe the RSP strategy to 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 get more down payment together, is that something to consider? Then, then let's have the conversation. I'd love to talk with you. Love to go through the numbers. Love to just help you figure out what you can afford, uh, and then figure out uh, is using RSPs can that be part of your strategy to help this to help to help this work for you? Yeah, fantastic. As always, it's best to go to a mechanic when you want your car fixed, a lawyer when you need legal, and a mortgage agent when you need a mortgage uh, or broker, actually, in this case. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. I always appreciate the fact that you're uh, paying attention and learning more from Jonathan and very little from myself. Jonathan, as always, thank you for being on here. If you want to be a guest on this show, or if you want to know more about uh, qualification, your IPI scorecard, all of those things, you can email Jonathan at ipincome at uh, investmentpropertyincomebook.com. Again, that's ipincome at investmentpropertyincomebook.com. Or you can go to investmentpropertyincomebook.com and check out the free book to download there. Jonathan, again, thank you so much for your time. I will see you soon. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Always a pleasure.